Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Coming up on Money Beats, look at the week ahead. It is a busy week for Fed speakers. Just about every Fed official is on the calendar. Everybody wants to get their opinion on the record before the March policy meeting. A lot of data, as usual. Got some readings on the manufacturing sector, the non-manufacturing sector. We have durable goods, a couple of housing numbers. But all of that is just lead up for the big event, which is Tuesday night, President Donald Trump's first State of the Union address. What will he say? What will the market think of it? That's what we're going to talk about next. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Hello, everybody. Paul and Steve here with your look at the week ahead, the Money Beat show. Uh, coming to you from New York City, as usual, and on the phone, Ian Talley, coming in from D.C., the nation's capital. Ian, how you doing? Oh, great, thanks. And yourself? I'm good. I'm, I probably don't have to tell people it's the nation's capital, but, you know, it sounds good to say it sometimes. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think you yeah. do. No, I don't think. I don't think I surprised anybody with that bit of information. I, I think that's, people are very aware of that these days. Yes, yes. Uh, let's, let's jump right in. Interesting calendar interesting economic calendar this week a lot of like sort of b data kind of well a lot of a fed speakers a lot of a lot uh let's start right there because ian uh, why are there so many fed speakers on the calendar next week this week Uh, i i think uh they're they're trying to provide a little more clarity uh ahead of the march meeting uh i think they're um yellen is particularly wants to um, make sure that the, the markets are, uh, are at least have enough guidance that there's, uh, there's not too much volatility coming out of uh, what may be a March uh, rate increase. Right. And then do they do uh, – they go into a self-imposed blackout period, right, ahead of the meeting where they're not they talking? They do. Yeah. I, you know, I don't remember if that's two weeks or ten days. Right, uh, But, right. Uh, yeah, it, uh, they, they try to uh, knock them all out uh, in advance of those meetings so that they, um, they don't uh, appear to be nudging uh, folks too much one way or the other. Right. And that's really going to be the focus is whether – I mean the market's hoping at least to get some more clarity on whether March is – if the Fed's going to move in March or if it's going to be – I mean I think if they if they don't move in March, everyone's pretty much sure of May it seems like. Right. Well, yeah. And I thought the minutes from uh, the late January, early February meeting uh, gave a fairly uh, strong hint that they were thinking uh, aggressively um, – uh, and uh, I, you know, I, I think I think that uh, that Yellen should give. There's there are much stronger probability uh, penned in for for March. I think I, I'm wondering if um, if Lael Brainerd's uh, speech on uh, Wednesday is not uh, uh, a good guide too, given that she's been one of the uh, the the uh, the governors who's been most uh, reluctant to, to raise rates uh, uh, sooner than, than the others. So if she sort of signals that, okay, uh, the economy is actually starting to cook, um, then uh, then that's a pretty good sign uh, that uh, that there's a March rate increase uh, in the book. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's, it's funny you talk about what came out of the minutes, and I, I kind of thought the same thing you did. And, and the front page of the Wall Street Journal the next day used the word aggressive in the headline, top of page one. I mean, 
The market did not get that at all. Well, one of the things that was brought up in the market or by market participants was sort of the breakdown of people who are voting members and non-voting members in the minutes. And the people who are non-voting members seem to be more hawkish while the you know the the mem- the people that are you know who are voting were more dovish and it was i think it was how just how they sort of referred to the um the people in the minutes is that is that an accurate depiction um i i you know i haven't studied uh, the, that particular aspect what i can say is if you look at the 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 dot plot if you look at the the consensus for how many rate rate, rate hikes are in uh, in the cards for for the year uh, among those who are are, are voting you you're looking at still something like three three rate increases right so mm-hmm. so uh, and i would imagine that the fed might want to space those out exactly. and there are what seven meetings left so mm-hmm. that would indicate that if you're going to moderate your policy through the the rest of the year um and you think there's at least uh, one hike in you 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 uh, in the first half you'd go ahead and do it in march but but um you know i i'm uh, my money's not in the markets on this one. Yeah. yeah. And and given that they will then go into this blackout period, if the hint is going to come, it's going to come next week. Yes, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. And, and let's face it. I mean, the Fed has gone through great steps every time they've raised rates of making sure the market knows. That's and, true. That's and, true. And I think they because they don't want, you know, sort of, a, you know, the market to get it wrong and panic. And, right. You know, yeah. so. God forbid. God forbid the right. market should panic. So well, they, gonna, they don't I, want a repeat of, of May 2013, right? Exactly. Um, I mean, and I, so I mean, I, th- I do think they will telegraph this as much as possible. Which, which is interesting because, you know, if you're really thinking that, you could make the argument that they should have already done that. Well, it's but, the end but of February. They've been waiting. They're, they say how much they want to be data dependent, right? Right. And, and right. there was there's uh, so so much weighing on uh, on what hap- you know, how Trump unfolds his policy, right? You know, uh, so so uh, so you, you have there was a waiting to see how markets reacted to to, to Trump actually uh, entering into off office. You have the waiting for additional data, the the final print of of the end of 2016 data. You have. Uh, um, so, so I, I think you have that. Uh, I think that, that that's that's a good reason why. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think there's enough uncertainty currently right now in the economy and the, I mean, you know, the data is good, but I mean, with Trump and all that being a wild card, that you know, I I completely agree that they should have waited. The other thing that I find interesting is, I think the jobs report, which is not next week. Even though the Friday interesting falls, good thing to know you're right, March you're 3rd, right. comes the next week, and I think yeah. it will be the bl- the it'll probably be the blackout period. Um, you know, so like you are you, the, right. one of the biggest sort of data points the Fed looks at yeah. is yeah. going to be hitting yeah I'll, I'll look, right I'll, before the I'll, meeting. I'll, I'm just saying, that essentially, I think that's what the market is saying that if they were going to signal it, they would have signaled it already. That March is off the table, and that's why you saw the market this week not react at all to the minutes. No, the the market I think definitely took. You I mean you looked at how gold reacted and stuff like that. The market I think was definitely thinking that March was off the table and or less likely. Less likely, right? Right. It's never off the table. Off the table. Um, you know, I, don't I don't know. know. Less likely. Let's say let's less let's likely. Um, and and that's a good point about the jobs report coming out. I mean, yeah. if there are any people who are still sitting on the fence, um, uh, you know, this is. 
this isn't decided yet, right? It, it does. It does. They they will wait until March, yeah. you know, fifteenth, sixteenth to to, right. to make this decision. And you know, if there's terrible jobs data or great jobs data or some somewhat better jobs data, I think that that may be one uh, may be something that tilts uh, the the balance one way or the other. Yeah, if we get like a repeat of January's number, I mean, I think that definitely starts tilting the balance right. toward a rate hike. If we get like last May. You know, I think that will yeah. sideline the Fed again. Uh, so we don't get the jobs report next week, Ian, but what do we get? Well, in the U.S., we have, um, I think maybe the more important thing is the Fed's uh, uh, preferred consumer inflation gauge, which is the PCE price index. This is the year-on-year um, mm-hmm. uh, it's expected since the month um, uh, the the monthly data has been ticking up that that will push up um, uh, the, the uh, February data for uh, uh, the year on year f- uh, f- f- up from last month's one point six percent print. Um, so you know again that's that's another argument for the, the um, a March uh, a March rate increase. Is that you know, when? What, is that taking Wednesday? closer to the two percent target? Which day is that? Day? Yeah, that's that is Wednesday. Wednesday, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. And then the base book is also on Wednesday. Yeah, and also on Tuesday, I I, I think this will be interesting. Um, the, uh, cons- uh, the conference words consumer confidence index. It kind of it had been sur- surging to the end of the year, and then January came, and it. Uh, uh, it uh, kind of uh, it wasn't as strong. Uh, the question now that Trump has been in a in office for for uh, over a month, um, uh, there's uh, how will this affect the consumer confidence? There, there's also right. uh, international trade data. It's not a um, it's not the the big one, but um, you know if. Um, uh, Talking about the um, the deficit trade deficit data, you saw uh, you saw our, uh, a report uh, on on uh, the Trump administration thinking about inflating the the deficit figures uh, to to amp up its um, its uh, trade policy mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. aggressive trade policy. And so you know, while I don't think that's a, going to be a big number for the markets, it could be a, a number that offers uh, Trump another opportunity to to ramp up uh, sort of this protectionist. Uh, uh, policy that he's that he's been talking about. We also get a couple of the the you know the PMI for both the services right, and right. manufacturing. Those have been very strong. Um, in strong, the, strong. Say very um, strong. I, I don't think you've ever seen a piece of economic data that you would classify as very strong. But I think that's probably not true. But yeah. it's not that far. We'd have, off. To, we'd have to we'd have to go pretty deep on that. No, they yeah. they've been running around like, I think fifty five, both of them, and yeah. and that that's solid. Um, solid. And it, I think people are going to want to see you know continue to see manufacturing uh, yes. and the service yes. sector, which obviously yes. is bigger, continue to be strong. Um, and manufacturing too. I mean, I, I, what's amazing is if you just look at where it was a year ago this time when we were talking about recessions and it was contracting, um, it has rebounded strongly from a year ago. Yeah, and and, and speaking of of uh, where we were a year ago, too, last year we were talking about negative interest rates and deflationary yeah. pressures and uh, around the world, and that being a, a, a primary. Uh, narrative that we we're discussing, but but here we have uh, uh, in Europe um, the uh, 
uh, inflation there showing uh, signs of reaching um, what could be ECB's target, uh, although that's Mm -hmm. primarily driven by energy. And um, in Tokyo, the uh, Bank of Japan may be breaking over some... uh, some barrels of sake if uh, <laughs> if uh, inflation uh, picks up after a long time long. in the, the negative, right. negative range. Um, and durable goods, too, which is Paul one of Paul's favorite. Durable tyrants. goods, yes, Monday morning. Um, but, I mean, we'll get an idea from that of business investment, right. which is another thing I, the Fed has been paying close attention to. Right, which is the key thing, I think, w- within that report. It's not even the headline number. It's, it's that number that is the proxy for business spending. And even more than that, it is... The year-over-year change on it, the middle of last year, I think that was running somewhere around like negative 5 or 6%, and lately it's been around negative 3 or 4%. So it's still down, but it's not down as much. Is that a sign that businesses are spending again? Could you start to see that you know, become a trend? You know, I don't know, but that's what you want to watch out for there. Let's, uh, let's take a break. Yep. We've gone a long time. Let's take a break, and uh, we'll talk about there's one more event going on next week that you're probably aware of that we haven't touched upon yet. Uh, we will touch upon it next. ADP knows anything you hear, anything you don't hear, anything you kind of heard, anything you weren't supposed to hear and now have to pretend like you didn't can change the world of work. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. Love tech? Dig gadgets? Then make tech news briefing from the Wall Street Journal a part of your day. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. Paul Venia, Stephen Grosser in New York City, Ian Talley in Washington, D.C. And if you like what you are hearing, and we certainly hope that you do, you can check out more Wall Street Journal podcasts. We are at WSJ.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts. You can also follow us or subscribe. You can subscribe to us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Amazon Echo, Stitcher, Spotify, your Google Play Music app. And uh, it's funny because we talked a lot about what's going on next week, right? I mean, a lot of the Fed meetings, a lot of economic reports. But the big event is Tuesday night, clearly. Right, Ian? That's right. Uh, President Trump will address Congress uh, in what I think even uh, there was expectations for for some uh, more details on his econ policy, but I think Sean Spicer, his press secretary, has also hinted as much. Uh, Particularly, uh, there is a hope um, for details on timing uh, and uh, clarity on uh, tax, maybe his tax plan, infrastructure spending, um, uh, uh, his general fiscal uh, agenda. Uh, any details on that that uh, that uh, you know, offers clarity? I think w- we could see some um, uh, some movement clearly in the dollar, um, uh, mm. in, in, in rates and bonds and and, and stocks. Uh, just the expectation that uh, this could have. Um, uh, such an effect on, on the U.S. economy. Right. No, I mean, I think the, there's these sort of big picture policies that I think are very important that he talks about. The taxation one that gave a couple of weeks ago when he came came out and said, "We're gonna, we're, I'm gonna have, a, I'm gonna, you know, issue or my, you know, thoughts or opinions or guidelines or whatever." But he's gonna come out with his tax policy in two weeks. Well, he didn't. Um, right. We haven't seen that yet. People, right. I think, are really going to be paying attention to see if they can get any outline of what he, you know, 
or, you know, the border adjustment tax. Where's his feelings? He was critical of that before yeah. the inauguration. Is you know, and that's a big part of the Republican plan. Are they going to be able the Republican um, in the con- congressional Republicans and Donald Trump going to be able to find common ground there? Right. We might get hints on that. That's great. I though um, I was just going to say I'm also going to be watching because it's Donald Trump and he can throw any industry under the bus at any point. And I think the, you know drug pricing, which has come up in his press conference, um, is an issue that could come up, and it will be interesting to see how the, the that you know sector reacts. It had rallied right after the election on the hopes that he wasn't gonna you know uh, that wasn't gonna be a priority of his. It got hit because he's re- he brought up a press conference, he brought it up in the Time Magazine profile. Um, you know, so it will be interesting to see what industries he talks about and what how that impacts those industries and which which uh, companies in particular he calls out. For yeah, sure. I, I two two things I was thinking to say. One is, I it, it I wonder whether the administration has a plan really put together at this point. We've seen conflicting signals even from the White House, uh, White House, about uh, what they think about the. Uh, the Board of Adjustment Plan. I mean, uh, the, uh, one one minute it's uh, we think yeah. it's uh, complicated. The other thing we think it's uh, there's confusion about what it is they, that they want. Um, and the the interesting thing about that is I, the direction that they go, uh, whichever direction the administration or Congress uh, goes, can have such a, a a huge impact on the dollar. I mean, uh, the, it could have a huge impact on yep. dollar-denominated assets abroad. It could have such a huge impact on trade, on on other economies, oil, uh, uh, oil. But you name it. And so, so, so any. First of all, I don't think they they know exactly what they're going to do yet. Secondly, the impact is is. Um, is so broad. Yeah. I'm skeptical that we'll get that, uh, the at least the border adjustment tax uh, nailed down. Well, Maybe yeah. We might get some timing. And, and the, the thing that I think is interesting is, okay, this is obviously his first State of the Union address, right? I mean, his first time. And traditionally, that's a pretty formal, long speech that presidents love to talk for a long time and go through everything that they're doing and everything they want to do. Donald Trump doesn't really like to play like that. His inauguration speech was very short. He loves to talk. It's about 15 minutes. Right. He loves to talk off the top of his head. He loves to talk off the off script. On script, he's very different. And I, I mean, look, he can make it whatever he wants. He could get up there for an hour and a half and just riff. But if he does deliver a structured, written-out speech, I wonder if it will be long enough to include the kind of details that people want. And the other thing I I think is going to be really interesting is this is the first time, certainly on camera, well, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to see him with the entire Congress, everyone from both houses. What is the interaction going to be? What's the dynamic going to be there? And do you remember the the action where somebody said uh, told uh, Obama in one of his State of the Union speeches? I forgot uh, which lawmaker it was. You lied. Lie. Yeah. And yeah. and how much a reaction there is? And right. I'm I'm guessing. Um, speculating that uh, there might be some, uh, uh, maybe um, uh, some no, yeah. backbench um, uh, right. activity, shall we say? Uh, and uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. No, well, the the Democrats have like come into, 
You know, they, they, you know. I think at, when the election after the election, immediately after the election, there was a divide within the Democratic Party. Do you do what the Republicans had done with Obama and just say no, or do you try to guide Trump sort of more to the center? And it is clear, based on like I think a lot of the grassroots um, activism that we've seen um, in in you know since the election, that. The Democrats, you know, they're they're not they're no they're going to play the part yes. the Republicans played. There's no trying to bridge the gaps. There's no trying to find common ground. It is going to be no. And I think that's you know because they have to they have to play to the base. Well, the, the thing I think is even more interesting is how are the Republicans in Congress going to act? There are a lot of Republicans yep. who are uncomfortable with Donald yep. Trump. Yep. How enthusiastic? I mean, look, I don't think you're going to get any Republican up there saying you lie or something like that. But John McCain, how, John McCain's not far from saying that. Well, I, I know, but I, I don't think he would do it at a State of the Union no. address. No. But how much enthusiasm are they going to have for their sitting president? You and, know, and like the, the interesting it, thing. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. no. you go in. The, the interesting thing here too is, is that. Um, while uh, Trump has certainly been divisive on party lines on uh, his presentation and certain social issues mm-hmm. and uh, the nature of his picks and his relationship, his finances and his relationship with Russia, the, there is commonality with Democrats uh, as on infrastructure like Bern- spending on infrastructure spending right, right. on protection trade uh, and and then that goes against the yeah. the free trade grain of the Republicans. So. You know, this isn't as clear-cut a uh, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah. uh, party divide. Even if he doesn't get into detail, so if I think he's, you know, it's hard on sort of the key Republican things, which is deregulation and tax cuts. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a lot of support for that, and and also just uh, you know, sort of the the other sort of you know aspects of his you know his campaign, like in his inauguration speech. I think he'll he'll get his applause. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and what do you guys think he'll do? Will he uh, act uh, friendly with uh, the Democratic leadership, or will he call them out as uh, as he sometimes can? Do? I don't know. Does he like them more than he likes the media? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I think I think we're lower lower down in his time. I, I think we are. He might be nicer to them. Yeah. One way or another, it is going to be a fascinating event and speech, and something that everyone clearly is is going to be paying attention to. Bring your popcorn. To. Yeah, get, yeah. Get your popcorn ready. Uh, in the words of Terrell Owens. All right, Ian, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Pleasure to join you guys. Uh, And everyone, thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate it. We'd love to spend some time with you, and we'll talk to you soon. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.